Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Welcome back to the show. This is David Yaz with the Boston Podcast Network. But more importantly, our hosts are here. Josh and JP are back for another conversation. Josh, we'll start with you. All well? Feeling good? All is well, David. Yep. All, All right. is well, David. Very, very good. And JP, you hanging in there? Yes. Thank you. All right. All is fantastic. Well, the boys wanted to talk business today, so I set up a clip that has to do with retail sales in the U.S. and and what's going on right now. Let's take a quick listen. Welcome back to Squawk Box. Rick Santelli here with breaking news, and this is important, retail sales. Remember, we have three negative months in a row ending in April. Our main number, zoom, 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 17.7, 17.7. That follows, at least up to this point, an unrevised minus 16.4, which is the all-time low going back to when the series started in uh, 1992. If you take out autos, it is up 12.4%. You take out autos and gasoline station sales, it's still up 12.4%. A very powerful number here. Still don't see any revisions, but sometimes the data trickles out a little slower. Yes, revisions coming out now. And the control group number, this is really wild, uh, that's 11, 11.0. That's big time. Uh, let's go through the revision, 16.4. Well, we won't go through all the data, but we got the point. A staggering number, up 17.7% in a time when you wouldn't necessarily expect it. So what's going on out there, guys? I'll start. I think what's going on is people are spending money on items to replace the cost of things like vacations. In home improvements, I was speaking with a client of mine the other day about that, who does a lot of work on rebuilding decks, and his business is booming. And you look at your own situation. We had a family trip planned to Aruba at the end of June, and obviously that got canceled because of the of the COVID. And we've spent we we got a new carpet in our house. We're redoing our deck, so we're spending not as much money as we we did before the virus. But we're going and we're making our house, all the stuff for all the, we've lived in the house for 10 years, all the improvements that we had to make. When you're in your house, 85% of the time, 90% of the time, you're spending money on it because you want it to be nice. I think that has a lot to do with it. JP. Well, I, I totally agree. I, I believe that people's discretionary money is just being reallocated. You know, it's um, it's like a robbing Peter to pay Paul instead of going to, a vacation or a, a traditional sort of a restaurant meal, although that's starting to happen again. Um, you know, it's going towards a, a home improvement. Did a, we just built a, a patio that would have given me huge anxiety uh, within my, uh, you know, marriage if, 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 if we were living in our traditional expenditure flow. But you know what? We haven't spent as much money 
like most families over the past 90 days. So I said, boy, that's a great idea. You know, why don't we reallocate some of the money we would have spent on kids' sports programs, kids' sports equipment. We're not spending as much money on gasoline for the car. We, too, had a vacation canceled. So great. We can build a new patio and still save money. So it's just, a, I think, a reallocation. But I think there's also just pent-up demand. Um, we, we, I was out with an office tenant um, yesterday, and it was just such a refreshing thing for everybody involved. We looked at six properties from Weymouth down into uh, Hingham, Norwell, actually not far from where you are in Rockland, Josh, exit 14, and just the bouncing people steps. The landlords were excited to greet you. Uh, their brokers were excited mm-hmm. to greet you. There's landscapers out front making everything look beautiful. Uh, the tenant was excited that that his um, and her business is sort of got a clear path towards um, some some future uh, you know clarity and success. Um, a little confidence there in terms of um, a, a touch of growth. Uh, it was a game day, really, is, is what it felt like. And one of my clients actually said, "I haven't had a." collared shirt on in 90 days this feels great <laughs> to me that that's the metaphor of it all josh what do you hear from your clients if if that's a barometer of something well i think that you know a lot of them did were involved with the ppp loans mm-hmm. and they're using that money effectively because especially with the construction industry david mm-hmm. and jp as you guys know there, there was a two-month window there were jobs that are still open so cash flow is coming in right now but now there's, there's a lull. There was a, a certain lull. So they're concerned about what September or October is going to look like. Uh, at the same time, they're so excited to get back to work. And their employees are excited to get back to work as well. So everything has is, is been very positive. And, Mike, it's funny. You know, I, I think back to April and the conversations I was having with clients. Of, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Now, all of a sudden, we're in June. And they're excited. They're they had time to reflect, as I did, on the business. I just read a great book, which I've actually, I listened to it, but a book that I've read before called The Energy Bus by John Gordon. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about the positive energy and getting on the bus and we're in this together. I don't hate to say that to it. Um, <laughs> we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah, that um, got worn out quick. That's that got worn out very quick. Um, but that being said, People are excited because they. we were at the Little League fields uh, Tuesday night, uh, last week, Thursday night, and we can have practices now. And it was so unbelievable, A, to see everybody. Everybody's so happy. How many red cups were circulating? Uh, I don't know. In Canton is a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, solo cups. A lot of solo cups. About to boom. Buy their stock. But the kids are so excited to be out there. The, the, the parents are so excited to see each other. It's one thing to do these Zoom calls. It's another thing, that face-to-face contact. And it, it, it's so fun. And, you know, we're taking all the precautions. We got the hand sanitizer. The kids got masks when they can't be socially distant. But we're back in this. Life is starting to become normal again. And that creates positive energy. People are buying more retail-type items. And people are happier, I think. And the weather's nice, too. Well, well, one hole in, in it all, and, and I'm with you, there, there's a great zest out there, and, and that's what we really want to promote and focus on. But I, I um, like we all do, have a number of our friends in the restaurant business, restaurant owners, and 
they're having a tough time getting um, kitchen busboy, you know, waitstaff type employees back because Governor Baker's unemployment checks are more robust per week than many people were used to earning right. when they were actually working. So there's an imbalance there that, um, although well-intended and, and by and large a necessary program for a uh, civil society, some sort of a gluing together of the left hand and the right hand on on the math probably needs to get figured out at some point because it's, in a weird way, going to slow um, the economy down a touch in pockets if people don't want to work because for the next X amount of weeks, they can just collect money for free. It's not good for anyone. No. Let me ask you guys a question. If this pandemic had happened in, say, say 30 years ago, say, 1990, when the internet was really just something of a rumor. 1990 was 30 years ago. That sounds so funny. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? But I I picked 1990 because it was the internet didn't come along until, well, well after that. The internet really not popular until probably late 90s. But nevertheless, my point is, would the could the economy have almost legitimately collapsed, given that we can replace most things with the the benefit of buying things online, even the stores that are sort of partially open doing curbside pickup. I don't know how you'd be able to do that without the internet because you, what, what would you do? Get on the phone and say, "Do you have this product? What does it look like?" Online stuff makes it easier. Is that is that fair to say? Yes and no. I think yes to the extent you're talking about, but I think no. The media has a lot to do with how we should think and feel. Mm-hmm. And somebody once said to me a lot smarter than me, or you're nothing more than the books you read, the speakers you listen to, and the friends you associate with. I think that it would have been a lot different, the communication with the general public. I mean, I can get on my phone and I get WCVB and all these people with all these opinions, and it, it fogs my opinion sometimes. So I think that, yes, there would have been an economic slowdown without question, but I also think the, the media has allowed this to happen. Well, the other thing to consider, too, is 30 years ago with zero social media and the um, rapid sort of output of thoughts, news, and excitement, um, it's, there's a chance that no one would have even known about the fact that there was a pandemic going on. Uh, it wouldn't have necessarily been as at the forefront. Um, it's like anything in this world. Of, there's just so much more awareness, which is a good thing, almost always. Um, and, and it sort of got everybody out in front of this. So you, in your, it, it in your could opinion, have been that this wasn't figured out to, 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 to the it was either too late or by accident it just cured itself after this mysterious problem that was going on. So who who knows? Who knows? Um, boys, just give a, we, we're up against the clock a little bit, but give people a b- brief prediction of what's to come. Just generally business economy, some trends we, we should be aware of for the rest of this year and then going forward. Good, JP. You can start. I've started on everyone. So, um, you know, I, I think the Cliff's notes of the commercial real estate world that um, I dwell in is, you know, the different food groups are going to be looked at differently. Uh, industrial, better than ever. You know, logistics and supply chains are more important than ever. So uh, landlords of those properties are, are going to see values go up. Um, the office market, 
is going to slowly but surely get back to action. But like we've talked about before, people pre-COVID were starting to realize that no one needed as much office space as they historically had. So this has only affirmed that. So the office market's just going to really recreate itself. Um, you know, multifamily, people need a place to live. That's not going to change. And, you know, lastly, uh, retail, so long as it's got a grocery anchor, a retail strip's going to do well. But a retail strip without a grocery anchor or just a, a unique destination that helps the other tenants with foot traffic, sluggish. Mm. I would say um, from our standpoint that it's a tremendous opportunity with people that, that have cash. There's a significant discount today in light of everything that's happened with taxes. I mean, this is the lowest tax rate there's going to be, I think. I, I, I haven't read anything to the contrary. And post-2025, those tax rates are going up. Number two, I think there's a big discount on risk in the insurance business. Um, insurance companies need to start thinking and will start thinking about product pricing changes from a mortality and morbidity standpoint. And then third is there's a discount on on buying stocks and mutual funds and bonds. I mean, that's uh, that's fat. I and mean, the market's low. I mean, it's not as bad as it was, you know, a month ago. So I think that people with cash, as always, this is a great opportunity for them. And I see more and more money as as the virus is kind of, I don't want to say subsiding, but the risk is less, we'll call it that, uh, for now, for the time being, I mean, there's a second wave that changes things. But um, I, I see that people with cash have a tremendous opportunity right now. JP, final thoughts? No, just it, it just feels good, you know, back to the game day reference to to have some actual showings, have some, you know, face-to-face in-person meetings. Uh, it brings enthusiasm and confidence to the uh, commercial real estate world and to the greater economy. So step-by-step, step, slowly but surely, it, it feels as though um, – you know, by the fall, we could be close to back in normal action, if you will. Knock wood. Thanks, guys. Fantastic discussion as usual. If you like the Josh JP philosophy, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and please share it with a friend or a colleague in your network who would be interested. The show is supported by Red Dome Realty and Legacy Financial Group. For more information on these organizations and how to get in touch with your host, check the show notes of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.